0: You're listening to the Radical Disruption podcast with Maya Nicole, nursing student turned multi six-figure online entrepreneur. Here we talk all things real and raw when it comes to entrepreneurship and what it really takes to get to the next level. Leave the small biz talk at the door and buckle up for the tangible, tactical, and actionable steps that will help guide you in building a disruptive business. Let's dive into the show. Hello, and welcome back to the Radical Disruption Podcast. Today, I have a very, very special guest with me, my husband, Gabe, and we are going to chat a little bit more
1: about my business from his perspective, navigating entrepreneurship as a couple, money, and so much more. So I have 10 different questions that were submitted by my IG fam on stories for you, Gabe. Are you ready to dive in? I'm ready. All right, question number one. What is your best piece of advice when it comes to supporting your spouse in starting their business?
2: Great question. So, to preface this, you have to know that I am not really involved in Maya's business. So, I think the best thing for someone in my shoes is to just be there. You know, there's a lot of times when she just needs a shoulder to cry on, honestly. She'll have a hard day at work. Someone will be mean to her on social media, and she just needs someone. So I don't think it needs to be anything crazy. It just got to be there.
1: Yeah, I would have to agree. I think that I was talking to Gabe before we started this episode, and I was just saying, you know, if I were to answer, if that question had been asked of me, I would answer it in that same way of like, just. Being supportive. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, like you don't necessarily need them to be doing certain tasks inside of your business. I mean, if it's, if it makes sense for your business and like your, your spouse can help you, then that's awesome. But for the sake of what I'm building, like Gabe isn't involved basically at all inside of my business, but he is definitely there for emotional support. And also I would add that he is also a very, very good listener. And so sometimes it's not even that like, I guess that kind of goes into emotional support too, but he's just there to listen if I have certain things that are going on or like even if I just need ideas for different offers or just bouncing ideas off of each other. So he's always been there for for that as well. So yeah, I think just the support aspect of that is the best piece of advice for sure. Number two, how much time do I spend on my phone?
2: So this question is probably a two part question because one she Maya does not spend a lot of time on her phone for enjoyment. She's not scrolling on on social media uh, very often and the, the I guess the second part of the question is she actually does spend a lot of time on her phone because that's where she works. You know, she works from her phone and her computer. So uh, she kind of has to be uh, involved and has to know what's going on. On social media so to answer the question she doesn't spend a lot of time on there for enjoyment but she does spend a lot of time on there for work sometimes she's working you know from when she wakes up to when she goes to bed
1: for sure I think also yeah just the conversation of I don't spend a lot of time on my phone in terms of enjoyment because I don't do a lot of consuming on social media and I think that's something that surprises a lot of people when they hear that is I mean I, I really truly like I don't spend much time at all consuming, especially like scrolling my feed on Instagram and things like that. I mean, I do like my trending audio report for IG University. That's the most amount of scrolling that I I do on a week-to-week basis, and it's because I'm doing it for the membership and to find trending audios. So yeah, I don't spend a lot of time just on my phone just to be on my phone. It's like I'm on there to do work for sure. All right, number three. Do you make less money than me and how do we split the bills?
2: I absolutely make less money than Maya right now. It wasn't always like that, but right now, uh, since I'm starting a business, I don't actually make any money. That's been pretty humbling. The other question how do we split the bills? Um, We don't really split anything. We both have our individual business bank accounts, but we also have a, a shared account where all our money goes and that's where all the bills come out of. So we don't ever have to worry about who's paying for what or who's contributing what. It's it's pretty equal.
1: Yeah. It's just, yeah, I I'm, we're never thinking about like, this is your money, this is my money. It's like, it's our money. And whether or not like, for example, um, actually, you should talk more about this of like what money has looked like in our relationship because it has changed a lot. But I just want to say like because money has changed so much, like it's also given me like a different perspective, too, because I mean, I used to be in the role where he was the supporter and now I'm in the role where I am the supporter. And so, yeah, it's just we're never splitting bills and it's never like you're paying for this. And like, I'm paying for this. And like, sometimes we'll crack jokes about it. Like, oh, thanks for, you know, paying for dinner or whatever. But I mean, at the end of the day, like it's, it's our money and that's how we have set it up inside of our marriage. And I like it that way because I think that, I don't know, things can get dangerous when it's like, this is my money. It's not your money. You know, it's like the point of a marriage is to be together and to make decisions together and to support one another. So, that being said, give the listeners a rundown of what money has looked like in our marriage over the years, basically since the beginning of our marriage.
2: Yeah. So when we first got married, I was in door-to-door sales, specifically pest control. I've done everything from solar to alarms to Amazon, even door-to-door. But when we got married and for the first couple of years of our marriage, I was in pest control and I was making pretty good money for a college student. Uh, and
1: for only working a few months out of the year too.
2: Yeah. So I would just, we would travel to different places every summer, St. Louis, Chicago, California, whatever. And I'd go out and I'd make six figures in a summer and then we'd come back and go to school. So Maya wasn't really making any money. She, she was making a little here and there from babysitting or, or whatnot. And, and later on she would be doing network marketing but for the first few years of our marriage, I was supporting us in pretty much everything. And the now that the roles have been reversed where I'm not making any money, it's, it's actually been pretty humbling because I see myself as a provider, you know, and especially in our culture, that's pretty normal. But it's been good for me to learn how to let her make money, learn how to let her be her own boss and be her own person. Um, it's been pretty cool. So that's kind of the story of of how money has shifted in our relationship. It won't always be that I'm not making money, but for now it is.
1: Yeah. And that leads really well into the next question, which is how did you decide to start opening Dirty Doe stores? How is it going? And then I also give them like a background on what Dirty dough even is
2: yeah so going back to the sales job, I was offered uh, an opportunity to help start a program uh, within the company I was working with and it was really good. I you know I was making twenty thirty thousand dollars a month, but the the downside was that I was gone six months out of the year. I was basically gone every other week for a whole year helping start this program
1: and that was that was really tough. On him. It was really tough on me. It was really tough on our marriage, even though the money was good. It was tough.
2: Yeah. Living out of hotel rooms and being gone from my wife was, it was hard. It was too much at the end of the day. And so after my first year, after I got the program running, I decided to leave. And that was right at the beginning of 2022 that I left. And I didn't have a job for basically 6 months. And in that 6 months I was exploring every option possible of what I could do because I I wanted to start a business. I didn't know what or how or when, but I wanted to start a business and so that's why I didn't just go out and get another 9 to 5 job. I I kind of wanted to start my career, you could say. So, I explored everything from tire shops to making phone cases to franchising everything and during this time I played basketball in the mornings with uh, a group of guys and one of the guys I played basketball with uh, introduced me to something called Dirty Dough Cookies and I was like, "Okay, that's intriguing because I know that owners of Crumble cookie franchises make really good money." So, I investigated. I met with the franchise sales rep and it seemed like a really good opportunity. The Dirty Dough at the time, they only had one location open and it wasn't actually part of the franchising Model. It was just their original store and I saw a ton of upside potential in it because uh, if any of you know what crumble cookies are they're you know they're nationwide and there's a lot of money in cookies people really like cookies so I dove in headfirst uh, originally it was just gonna be my and I that opened a store together and you know make a few hundred thousand dollars a year off that one store but I wanted to go a little bigger and so I introduced it to my dad who has a lot of franchising experience and he was all in. And as we progressed a little further, we then decided to bring on another partner so that we could capitalize 12 locations uh, in a short amount of time uh, with um, less risk than just with one or two of us. So a little update on that as we opened our first location in Layton, Utah at the end of November and Currently, it's actually the number one location in the company, which isn't saying much because (laughs) there's only seven locations open, but we're going to try and hold that title as long as we can, (laughs) thanks to our our manager, who's actually my brother, Seth. And then we will have, in the next year, year and a half, we'll have 11 more locations open in Houston, Texas. So that's kind of where we're at with Dirty Dough.
1: So it's going really well, but we're still in the very beginning phases of that. The next question piggybacks off of that as well. How involved am I in Dirty Dough?
2: Yeah. So just like how I'm not involved in Maya's business, basically at all, she's not really involved in Dirty Dough. I'll bounce marketing ideas off of her and and things like that. But other than funding our investment in Dirty Dough, she is not really involved.
1: Yeah. Honestly, I'd be curious to know... <laughs> <laughs> if we could work well together, I mean, obviously, I love you to death. But I think that there are definitely certain couples and certain <laughs> relationships that can do business together. And like, I love having my own thing that's like mine, and I'm also grateful that like he has his own thing that's his. But like, also that we're kind of on similar journeys, and in in, a, in you know, like a general sense of like we're entrepreneurs. And so like, it's nice that like, we can still have conversations and understand one another. But I always think about, um, I, I was a social media manager for Shannon Tripp for a few months and I absolutely adore her and her and her husband work together. And like, they just have such a great relationship working together. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if we can actually do that (laughs) just because I like being in control. I like, I don't know. I just like having my separate roles, but.
2: Well, we both we both like being in control in that sense, so yeah. that's why it would be hard.
1: Yeah. All right. Next question. What was your reaction and feelings when I decided to drop out of nursing school?
2: My feelings were that I thought she was making a great decision. <laughs> <laughs> um, coming from an entrepreneurial family, it's no one in my family has actually graduated college, I
1: and thought, no one in my family has graduated college either. Yeah, so,
2: neither of our families. Uh, I think we both thought we would be the first college graduates, but yeah, that didn't happen. Maybe one of our siblings.
1: <laughs> so far, none of our siblings. Yeah. they've all dropped out too. Yeah,
2: yep. yep. So we'll see how that goes. But she wasn't enjoying nursing school at all. Like she hated it. She dreaded it. She was going to school, you know, forty hours a week and studying all the time. And she told me time and time again that the only reason she wanted to be a nurse was because it was a good mom job. <laughs> and so once she started doing her network marketing and making a little money, I was like, well, go do something you love because she loved it. She was, she was loving what she was doing. She was super good at it. And she saw an opportunity and I told her to take it. So she did.
1: Yeah. He was the one that put the bug in my ear for I mean, it, that idea really came from him. I truthfully don't think I would have dropped out of nursing school had he not been the one to be like, yeah, do it. Go ahead and drop out. So grateful for him because I wouldn't be here today on this podcast right now, which is kind of wild. All right. We got just a few more questions. The next one is, how has our relationship been affected by my business?
2: That's, a, that's an interesting question because obviously the money the money side of it. I've definitely been humbled because, like I said before, I don't make any money now and she makes a ton of money. So, in that sense, it's actually helped me grow a lot and it's helped me learn how to mold myself into someone that can be okay, um, not making money because my whole life that that's just like was never an option. But right now it's okay. And, you know, we've had some. We've had some tough times. We've had some arguments and especially, you know, when Maya really started making money, I think it might've been a little hard for her to to see that money go to spend it on things. Even now it's still hard for her to spend it on things, which is not a bad thing at all. Uh, But for me, uh, some things I'm like, yep, let's spend all the money we have (laughs) on toys.
1: (laughs) Well, give give them an example of what we're spending money on though. It's not like we were like Oh, let's go buy a Lamborghini. Like like what were we spending money on?
2: <laughs> well, uh, we we travel a lot. We love traveling. I have a lot of extracurricular hobbies like dirt biking and snowmobiling. So, and jeeping, we love jeeping as a family. So, spending money on that, those types of things. Um, I think originally it was a little hard for her, but she's kind of started to learn how to to be okay with it, I guess. <laughs>
1: I think for me, those things definitely have caused contention in, in our marriage. And I think that the the reason why though is because of the amount of money that we've poured into Dirty Dough and like getting that up and running and like that like truthfully that is the only like investment that we really have. Like we dabble in the stock market, but like not a whole lot. Like we just almost all of our money has been poured into dirty dough. And so like that, like seeing like hundreds of thousands of dollars being poured into like those investments, like even though like, yes, it is an investment and like knowing that like the return is going to hopefully knock on wood be so much greater than what we're putting in. Like that was really, really hard to just see like all that hard earned money, like leave the bank account. And so like I started to, I had to start like really like thinking I don't even know how to explain this, but basically like seeing those large amounts of money come out of my bank account. And this is also kind of goes into like, not even just those types of investments, but also like investments in like my coaching and investments in education of like for my business to, you know help my business grow, like seeing those types of large amounts of money. Like I've really had to like find a neutral ground with like my feelings around money. And it's like, I've had to do a lot of money mindset work And also just having to recognize too, like I talk a lot about this, but like not just like the definition of what success looks like to you, but also like I've had to reframe what wealth looks like to me because I think in society, like we, I don't know, we're, we're given this idea of what wealth looks like. And so for me, like I had this idea of like, you know, wealth to me looked like having a bunch of money in my bank account and, you know, having a nice house and having a nice car. And it's like, And so when I saw all that money leaving my bank account and going into investments, again, it wasn't like we were just like, again, buying like a Lamborghini or something. Like it was going into investments, which was like a smart thing for us to do. Like in my head, though, like the way that I had pictured wealth, like I then saw myself as less than because of that. And so like that had to like reframe that. So that was, that was hard. But yeah, I 100% agree. We've definitely had some, some fights in our relationship about. Spending money, for sure. And that actually leads really well into the next question, which is how has our relationship been affected by the amount of money that I make?
2: In my eyes, the amount of money that Maya makes has, it's really only been good for us. Obviously, there are downsides to making money, but as a couple and as individuals, especially Maya, we've grown a ton. I've seen Maya become so much more confident and her attitude towards life change a ton. Uh, because of how hard she's worked I and mean, she she's worked so hard for this. and I love seeing that hard work pay off for her. so and for me, I, I mentioned this earlier, but it's it really has been humbling because it's you know she makes a lot of money and I don't and I just have to be okay with that and I have to I have to be okay that she's absolutely crushing it and I'm just starting a little business. So it's honestly been good for us.
1: Yeah. I think building off of what you said, like there are downsides to making a lot of money. I would say that like I can't remember exactly the quote. Someone left this in my direct messages one time when I was talking about money and I really, really liked it. They basically said like money is like a magnifying glass of like what you already are as a person. And like I totally, totally, totally believe that. And like I get asked this all the time, especially my direct messages when I talk about money, but like basically does money make you a bad person, you know, like at the end of the day. And I I truly believe, like, I love that direct message that someone sent me. I can't remember who it was, but they sent me that direct message of like, it's basically just, yeah, it's just a magnifying glass. It just expands what it is that's already inside of you. And so I think that, yeah, like you will find people who money doesn't make them a great person because they probably aren't a great person to start with, you know? And so, that's definitely something that like has been very, very eye opening for me. Is not that I like I thought that I was like an evil person or anything like that. But like I, now that I am making more money, I'm in spaces with other people who are making more money, and it's really, really eye opening to see like how other people navigate that type of money or even more money. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, like for me personally, if I were to answer the question of how how our relationship has been affected. By the amount of money I make, I think that looking back on our marriage, like obviously I'm so grateful for Gabe and supporting us at the beginning of our marriage and, ha- you know, having money come in then so that I could drop out of college and be able to pursue my dreams. And like it's kind of like a full circle moment because my business then allowed him to stop his job to really like pursue his dreams too. So it's just been really, really cool that like it's all come around like he supported me and like now i have the opportunity to support him and like as he is building you know something that he loves and like it's just it's super super cool the things that you can do with money basically at the end of the day all right next question about money as well is it hard to see how much i invest in education and courses and coaching and just a little like side note on this for anyone listening I'm assuming this question came from probably someone who was on my email list when I shared what my investments were in the year of 2022. And I invested $70,000 into my business in 2022. So that's just a little side note, but how do you feel about it?
2: I think it's awesome. I have no negative feelings towards these investments that Maya has made because I've only seen her grow from them and I've only seen her business grow from them. I know it's hard for her to talk to me about her business sometimes because I have no idea what she's really doing Um, (laughs) and I don't really know how to help her usually so that's why you know I'm just here for her but when she invests in these coaches they they are doing the same thing that she is they're they're going through or have gone through what she is going through So it's been super helpful for her to be able to bounce ideas off of her coaches and and have her coaches help her walk through things.
0: Amen.
1: (laughs) Totally agree. All right. Last question. How did we meet from your perspective?
2: So I'll preface this by saying I'm really bad at telling stories.
1: Disclaimer. Disclaimer.
2: But here goes. So. Maya and I were both living in Provo, Utah. I had been there for a few years. Maya had just graduated high school a couple weeks prior.
1: <laughs> no, not a couple weeks. Couple months. A couple months. <laughs> yeah, I was I was in college for two weeks when I met Gabe. But yeah, I graduated earlier that year from high school.
2: Yeah, so we're. I was living in a house with eight dudes, just having a great bachelor life, and. We had decided to go to a party at an apartment complex and I don't know if the party wasn't good or whatever, but we were leaving and we were hanging out in the in the courtyard when Maya's friend group uh, was walking by and I actually knew um, one of the girls in her friend group. So I walked over and said hi and we were chatting for a while. And then my friend group and I, we were going to play games in a friend's basement So we thought we should invite them. We thought we should invite Maya and her friends. So we did. And I didn't have an address for the house. So I did the next best thing. And I told them that I would jump in their car with them and tell them how to get there. And if you hear Maya tell this story, she (laughs) she was a little freaked out about the whole situation because uh, I was a stranger, but I just thought we were having fun. So jumped in her car and showed her how to get there. And then-
1: We had known each other for like five minutes at this point. <laughs> yeah.
2: So I, uh, we, we headed over to a friend's house. We played games in the basement for a while. One of the games we played is called body, 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 where you turn off all the lights. It's pitch black in there and you're crawling around on your hands and knees. And there's, there's a killer basically. And they, they kill you in the game. And then you have to try and determine who the killer is in the pitch black. So she will tell you that she was very freaked out by that. But, uh, we had a ton of fun. It was a it was a super fun night. There was a bunch of us there.
1: That was a normal game for Gabe. So he was not freaked <laughs> out. He's, he's telling it from my perspective, but he he thought that this was like a, a totally normal ordeal. Yeah,
2: it was super <laughs> fun. Yeah. So on the way out, uh, Maya was walking through the door and I asked her for a number and I tried to hang out with her slash ask her on dates a few times. I actually asked her four times before she said yes, called her a couple times and texted her a couple times and... Finally she said yes and we we went on a group date to uh, an arcade and we played arcade games and then basically from there it was history. We saw each other all the time.
1: Yep. Yeah we we went on that date like on a Saturday night and then um, I saw him the next day and then pretty much every day after that. (laughs) So we started dating in October. We got engaged in February, and then we got married in July. So yeah, the rest was history after that. I'll have to, in a future episode, I'll have to talk more about my perspective of how we met, but I'm going to leave this there because this is Gabe's Q&A. So that is it for our Q&A today. Thank you so much, my love, for um, being interviewed and taking the time to be here with me.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: If this episode has served you in any way, I'd love it if you shared what you've learned, any aha moments that you may have had, or something that you loved, and tag me on Instagram at Maya Nicole. And if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave a five-star review so that we can continue to learn and grow together. Thank you so much for your support. I love you, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.